You know, hey everybody in the chat. Listen, we are joined tonight by our first ever guest on the channel, mm-hmm. and you know it had to be someone special. It had to be someone amazing with a great channel himself. Drew from Living History comes alive. So, Drew, how are you tonight? I am absolutely wonderful. How about yourself, Chris? Oh, fine. Dark night's coming in, winter's coming, Halloween's coming, the ghosts and the ghouls are coming out, including Dakota. Say what now? <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Just, you want to see, let's see who's all in the chat, and then we'll, we'll go ahead. This will be getting uploaded onto a podcast, guys, so we'll have to try and explain things a wee bit more quick for like, people mm-hmm. in the the podcast I'm pointing up there. I don't know if that's where we're going to be, but I just I thought I'd Hi, Sherry. Do that. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Shrimp Shack. Hey, Drew's Paranormal. Gazzy's Adventures. Hey, that's one of my friends there. Um, he's actually one of my friends. He's actually, I play the Xbox with Okay, it's, I found you... this on the web, but who is from Shakira? It's listening to me. That's Damn, that. Sherry. Quit I'm spying on us. I don't want to spying. It's spying. That's terrible. Who else is there? Scottish Outlooker. You know, Drew's paranormal, and then there's paranormal world investigators. My goodness, what amazing people we're in tonight! Ah, yes, yes, yes. All of our usual friends and families. Yes. So we've only got really an hour to do this because it is getting uploaded on to a podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Then I'm going to let my friend here to go. I see him on the right side of the night, guys. I came with the point. See, because he swaps me about. You know, that's terrible. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, welcome Drew to the welcome Drew to your new channel, um, Bald and Bonkers. Obviously, we're bald. Yes, we are definitely bonkers. Um, <laughs> so, Drew, can you please tell? It's a very fitting name. Bit about your, it's, I know, I know, I know. We should have called ourselves Handsome Bald and Bonkers, but he didn't want to allow me. You know. Because I want to be a liar for you. <laughs> well, without further ado, because we have to, we've only got about 55 minutes left. So, Drew, please tell us about the place you were at on Saturday, because I want to hear all about this. Uh, well, last Saturday, um, I went to a... Uh, it's, it was called Dead Con. It was done in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the uh, downtown Coliseum. 
and it is actually the Midwest's largest gathering of paranormal investigators, enthusiasts, fans. Uh, it's also a horror convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had horror actors. Danny Trejo was there. Um, the ghost hunters were there. Ghost seekers. Um, 150 vendors plus local paranormal investigators and stuff set up booths down there. Um, it, it was it was amazing. I mean, I I talked to so many people, got so many uh, so many contacts. Um, for those of you that grew up in the eighties, Lita, Lita Ford was there. I was born in the eighties. Does that count? <laughs> I wasn't even around then. I was born in nineteen eighty one, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I grew up in the eighties, and I miss the eighties. Now, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and I remember Lita Ford when, uh, you know, when I was in junior high school. And to actually meet her was really, really cool. Um, I, I, I didn't like her bodyguard. Uh, he had an attitude about things. But uh, um, Danny Trejo, the actor Danny Trejo was there. And he spent more time on the floor with the guests than he did behind his table. That's, yeah, mm. that's good. He was out there meeting people. I got a picture of him with my daughter's best friend. And then we were all outside smoking a little bit later. And he come out and grabbed her from behind, was hugging on her and stuff and scared the hell out of her. And I got another picture of him outside hanging out with us and stuff. It was very, very cool. Very, very, it's, very, very it sounds, cool guy. It sounds amazing. Going, I would love to go to one of the places, one of those events. Maybe in the future, once Bald and Bonkers gets bigger, you know. Oh yeah, so you guys, please oh, yeah. subscribe. Especially remember to put up where are we live on tonight. To oh, we we are currently live across three different channels: the Bald and Bonkers channel, as well as Age of Darkness and Specials to the Strange. As well, later we'll also be on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you you get your podcasts from. We're trying to get this up on there, so well, more there's plenty yeah. of stuff for everybody. Yeah, it's it's, it's good to listen to back to because it comes to Spotify. I like going to Spotify to listen to this. I'll listen back to this tomorrow when I'm out walking the dog or whatever. Because sometimes you get EVPs, you get things. Yeah. Yeah, especially when we're in a where so many haunted people round about us. It's been so Drew, you were you were telling us about Hi, an Drew. investigation. Oh, so Drew, you were telling us about an investigation you were on. Could you tell us a wee bit about that? May I tell you what? Um, we had an investigation last night. Um, I got up about four o'clock this morning and start editing it. And, and I, I think I finished editing at uh, about three thirty in the, the, this afternoon, which was what an hour and a half ago. Um, so almost 12 hours of editing. This is our second time being at this location. We went there last year and my God, it, it's, it's the most active 
eerie places. Uh, number number one, there's a, there's a there's a witch buried there. Um, right. It's not just a rumored witch. I mean, she was actually accused by her own family to the point where they insisted she be buried in a Christian graveyard, but since they couldn't put her in the ground for fear of contaminating the ground, the holy ground, they put her above the ground in a vault, uh, an actual concrete sarcophagus. Um, there, there's been a murder suicide there. There's been a suicide there. Um, it's, it's just, I mean, there, there's, there's, uh, there's, uh, well, you know, my, my guy that does our research for us, Mark, he, uh, he was in there talking to one of the sexton early yesterday. Yeah. And I told him, I said, you know, you probably should have asked him if he minded come back and doing an interview with you while we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, because having his firsthand accounts of taking care of those grounds and seeing those things would have been, would have been really cool. And he, he's like, well, I wish I would have thought about that when I was there. You know, but so what can it, what can the things that you experience? Oh Lord. Well, I'll be completely honest. This is one of those grounds that actually haunts my nightmares. Uh, and that's actually the title of the video is this place haunts my dreams. Um, right. Yeah. Last year when we were there, they've got, uh, I don't know, I, I'm sure in Scotland they have these things called receiving bolts, yeah, where if somebody dies during the winter time, they stick them in there until the spring thaw, then they pull yeah. them out and they put them in the ground. Yeah. Well, there's it's only like five of those still in use in the United States, and we have I've one heard, of them there. I've heard that they don't use them anymore because obviously modern technology and stuff like that. They've got fridges and freezers and stuff, but I have actually seen one. I've been inside one. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. They, there's 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 five of them in the in the United States that's still in use. We have one there, and it's been in use for a hundred and fifty years. And so, as you can imagine, I, I get a lot of, I mean, it's got the old iron uh, uh, racks inside it yeah. where they just slide the coffins on them and leave them sitting. Yeah, and so there is so much activity around that vault. And uh, last year when we were there, we picked up a lot of orb activity around the vault, a lot of light anomalies. Um Last night, big communication. Uh, I had a, I got a, a brand new voice recorder we used. I got a lot of communication on the voice recorder. We have a brand new laser grid system uh, that I set up that uh, we were using. It, it was just, I mean, constant, constant shadow figures, um, a lot of. A, a lot of audible communication that we could hear with our own ears. Uh, a lot of uh, voice it's recording. It was just incredible. It's quite interesting you say that about the audio because I, I can hear certain voices. I don't have to quote. Can you hear anything? Yeah, there I was, was starting. So I was actually that's why I was pulling out my headphones to see if I can get a better listen to it. 
MD in the chat, can any of you guys see uh, this is getting uploaded obviously on the radio we're live and on YouTube so please check us out um, watch the replay but I can I, I could hear I could hear voices there and they were like answering you back Drew mm-hmm. when you were talking please keep going yeah I could I could hear them chattering but I couldn't hear I can't make out what they're saying that's it's actually quite interesting that you know so what kind of equipment did you have? You said you had the laser grid with you. What else did you have? Um, well, last night we used um, a, a, new, uh, a different uh, spirit box than uh, we normally use. We used the laser grid system, and I used yeah. the voice recorder uh, yeah. for the first time. Um, normally, my God, normally, I, I have a word recognition software on my computer and what i will do is i'll hook the mic up to my computer and i'll play my video and it'll pick words out well i hardly had to use it this time because i had that voice recorder and you could hear things so clear on that voice recorder that it was it was eerie in a way um but you know as normal for some reason, and Sherry and I've talked about this a couple of times. Yeah. Um, some of the, some of the listeners know, some don't back in 2016, I died twice. Um, Wait, do you tell us about and it? As I, I, yeah, that's great. I, I don't like talking about it. <laughs> you know, um, I actually went into diabetic shock. Oh, yeah. damn you, Chris. Bad boy. Um, I no, I, uh, I, I, got, uh, I and my wife got married on June 25th, 2016 yeah. on July 4th, I started going into diabetic shock. We didn't even know I was diabetic. Uh, on the fifth, I was so sick, it barely moved. She called the ambulance to come in and get me. Yeah. And I remember the nine mile trip to the hospital. Um, I, I remember seeing the flagpole out of the back window of the ambulance. And that's the last thing I remember for 10 days. Yeah. They, uh, they wound up taking me to into the emergency. The doctor said, I'm, he's dying. We got to get him to this city. They flipped on the sirens, 90 mile an hour the whole way. Uh, I, I flatlined the first time when we pulled into the big hospital so they rushed me inside, brought me back. About five minutes later, I started flatlining again, and they brought me back. And then seven or eight minutes later, I start my lungs and everything started to shut down, and they put me into a medically induced coma for a week and a half. And you know, I I had spent time talking to Sherry, and I told her, you know, that yeah, um, I, I felt like when I came back, I didn't come back whole Uh, I came back changed and multiple investigations I've gone on in the last two and a half years I've had more than one spirit say you know what do you want we want your soul and then you'll have another spirit pop up and say he don't have a soul can I ask you something? Do you, do you know remember anything? Do you remember a tunnel of white light? Do you remember anything? So you don't remember anything? See, maybe you've straight black. 
Straight black. My wife even says she talked to me for the week and a half I was unconscious. She came in every night. She rubbed my feet. She told me what she did that day. Everything. And I didn't hear anything. I didn't. I don't remember anything. There was no light. There was no harp music. There was no feathery wings. There was no flames. That's that's, um, that's, actually, that's quite frightening, actually, because you think being a ghost, you think being a ghost hunter means into this kind of thing, you would see something. But maybe you did see something, and maybe when you've come back, your your memory's been wiped. Well, and see, they, there's act, there's actually this thing called coma psychosis. Yeah. And what happens during coma psychosis is your brain, being like a computer, it, it needs constant input. It needs data. Yeah. And if it's not getting that data through visual or audio or whatever, it makes stuff up to fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Still, still to this day, five years later, I can't tell you what was real and what was brought made up by my brain. That's that's. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dakota? That's just. Unfortunately, as someone who's dealt with near-death experiences, I can testify that there's still several experiences that I have that, because I wasn't able to have any equipment on me or any cameras rolling. I truly don't know whether or not it were legit. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting. I mean, I've I've met people that have that have had their death heart attacks and their death experiences, and they've told me that they're like, "Well, I walked through the tunnel of light, and before me, my my mother was standing before me, and she told me to my family and friends, and there was angels playing harps, and it was beautiful." And but then you hear that, and I've heard that multiple times. People have been in car crashes, and people that's the same kind of situation as you drew it, they don't remember nothing. It's just blackness. That's all they remember. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, and you know, still, still, still to this day, I have, I have days that, uh, I wake up or nights that I wake up and, uh, I'm in a cold sweat because I have a flashback of one of those artificial memories. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second. I talked to the nurses and the doctors about this. That wasn't real. That wasn't real. But I, I, one thing I've noticed, and I think this is, I think Sherry and I talked about this too, was the fact that yeah. it's made me more susceptible to my investigations. Because Maybe. now I don't always need equipment to sense that things are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe because you've been to the spirit world, but you can't remember you've been to the spirit world. The spirits in the graveyards, the spirits round about you will, will recognise it. They'll be like, oh, he's been at the other side. But he's obviously been brought back in. They'll recognise you and they'll get drawn to you. Do you think maybe any of them follow, has any of them ever followed you home? I've never had one follow me home. We Now, we've, we've had spirits here. We have two that live here. Uh, we have uh, my wife's grandfather who lives here. And then, um, my, uh, mother-in-law's ex-husband, he actually died a few months before my wife and I met uh, his, his, his ashes used to sit like right here on a dresser, <laughs> right? which is, so I mean, you know, I've got, 
Bob constantly looking over my shoulder on everything I'm doing here. Yeah, <coughs> I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like because I've got, I've got a ghost house. I've got a ghost in my house, and he's standing right behind me right now. I can feel it. It's freezing, and my heat in my house is like nuclear reacting material. It's really hot. But you can tell when he comes up behind you because it gets really, really cold, and it must be the energy that they're mm-hmm. giving off. It's it is. It's truly fascinating. What do you think to quote about this? It wouldn't be uncommon. Uh, as far as the heat disposition, that's just basically is like opening the door to the hot house uh, when it's cold outside. Yeah. I don't really think it's anything much more than that. But as far as him not remembering anything, it could legitimately be the fact that his situation was traumatic and everything was just like, no, yeah. this guy can't handle it. Lights out. Yep. Yeah. So. Drew. Very possible, but was, was that Drew? Um, oh, I was going to say that 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 same soul situation came up the came up last night in that investigation when I, when I made that mistake again and said, "What can we help you with? What do you want?" And yeah. I directly got the response, "Your soul twice." And then it came in less than a minute later and said, where is your soul? I can't find your soul. Do you think that's maybe them just messing with you because they know what traumatic thing happened to you? Obviously, it's maybe a dark spirit. It's maybe just messing with you, trying to... Who knows? Mess mess you up. I mean... Who knows? They don't mess me up. I keep going back for more. I'm like a glutton for punishment. I've been doing paranormal investigations since February of 2020 when COVID hit and, and really bad we started doing our investigations and uh, you know up until this year I've never been scratched <laughs> I've never had physical contact in any way shape or form so far this year I've been scratched three times uh, I've been hit once, and I've been made sick twice. Right. So. What do you, what do you mean you've been happy? Pro- like, pro- what do you mean? Like, did it like, punch like physically something? hit, like like punched. Right. What, what did that Are actually you? feel like? Did it feel like somebody was actually there punching you? I've never experienced it. Any, well, uh, that's why I'm just asking I didn't, I didn't feel the impact. I felt the aftermath. Right. That's like that's uh, okay. we went we went to a cemetery and I was gung ho about going to the cemetery. It was an old cemetery. There hadn't been a burial in the cemetery since World War Two. I was gung ho. I walked on that ground. I went around. I'd done some filming and just all of a sudden it felt like somebody punched me right in the bottom of my right rib cage. I mean, just yeah, that that. Boom, throb. And it was like, oh, okay. It's weird you say that, Drew, because when you said that, when I got hot, when I got hot, I heard like a voice again. It's it's weird, isn't it? It's it's like you said before, the live, how the spirits can travel through devices Mm -hmm. and through technology. And it it makes you wonder. um, It just makes you wonder. 
you know. So what else have you got planned for the next ghost hunt? Where's your next location, Drew? Well, I, we we don't have one nailed down yet. Um, we have okay. talked to um, an, a restaurant that's an old uh, stagecoach stop and inn over by Lake Michigan uh, about going and doing an evening investigation. Uh, we have talked to uh, the city of Galeen, Michigan, Right. Uh, supposedly the town of Galeen is entirely haunted. Wow. Uh, they were having, uh, they were having incidents happen at the high school back in the early eighties. They closed the high yeah. school down and people just started moving away. Um, they still have the, uh, original two room jailhouse that's built in 1879. Oh, that would be good um, and uh, one one of our other guys just got the okay to go into the schoolhouse. We're going to do that sometime around the first or second week of November. Uh, the schoolhouse is for sale, so we have to get a hold of the owner to find out whether or not we can go in there. But there's there's only like two or three businesses left downtown. There's only like 300 people left in the town. It's, it's died off that much. That sounds amazing. They're having a full town to investigate. I mean, wow! I mean, that that would be amazing. I mean, that's because is it like one of these old Wild West kind of towns you see in like America? If you go and like Google Maps and search it, and that it's just empty looking. And it, it's oh mm-hmm. my god! Can you think of the energies that must be mm-hmm. lonely? Because energies do get lonely. Ghosts do get lonely. Waiting for some victim to come along so as they can obviously oh oh yeah well the guy that got the got the jailhouse cleared for us um he's actually investigated the town before he's picked up shadow figures just right out in the middle of town um coming out of alleys uh things like that so i mean it's i i've i've heard reports of just just homes People hearing and seeing things in their homes all over town. So it's, but the town's been there for a long time. It's a, it's just a, an, a just a standard one road town. There used to be like maybe fifteen businesses. Now there's a bar and uh, like a chamber of commerce, and then there's one other little business, and that's all that's left in that town. Everything else it's is fasc- boarded and used for storage. It's fascinating because you think about it. The spirits have probably got free reign. They've probably got free reign. They probably can wander from different location to different location. Maybe that's what the shadow... I've always wondered, what is a shadow person? What is a shadow person? Is that just like the, a spirit? Or what is it? Is it a darker entity that's more powerful? I don't know, but that's Dakota. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Shadow people? In my experience, a shadow person isn't necessarily good or evil. They're just there it's just another form of manifestation you know obviously people get freaked out because all of a sudden a 3d shadow standing right in front of them justifiably so but most of the time when i've most of the shadow entities i've dealt with they were just guys going about their day or at least in their perspective but it's something that would definitely almost like a residual energy in a way yeah but there was also times where it starts looked like it would be a residual energy, but 
they'll still interact with you, but they're seeing everything from the time they were alive. So one example, I actually grew up in this small town, Murtaugh, Idaho. Yeah. The entire place is covered in spirits. Um, there was this one location, it was an old highway department building where we were doing the investigation. Then all of a sudden I hear someone coming out of one of the snow plows. You would hear the door shut. The ground, there wasn't any floor. It was just a gravel ground to it. You hear somebody walking out the yeah. front door said, see you later, boss. I'm going home. I said, all right, Jim, have a good day. And door shut right behind him. I would physically see it, but for some reason, it would not register on any of the equipment that I had either. And I physically had to go <clears throat> tell other people that were with me, he's like, shut up, shut up, something's happening! <laughs> that is fascinating, that. Mm. that, that I mean, how wow. that can happen. I mean, here's an interesting question for you, Drew. What's the best, I would say, piece of evidence you've ever got in your career at Ghost Hunting? The best piece of evidence I ever got, and God, how can I say this? Um, The best piece of evidence I ever got, everybody swears it's been fake. It was that good. (laughs) Um, We were at Riverside Cemetery in Dwozhak, Michigan last year. And we were doing the Lee Mausoleum. Now, in Dwozhak, Michigan, we have Borges Lee, which is a big hospital chain. They're also in Kalamazoo, Michigan, one of our larger cities. Um, but the Lees, you know, donated a lot of money. They also owned the um, an old stove business in Dwozhak, Michigan, um, late 19th century early 20th century. Big money, big money. Um, one of the lead, one of the leads was on board the Titanic right. with his second 17-year-old wife. He divorced his first 17-year-old wife and married a second 17-year-old. Um, but they were on board the Titanic and they both survived, uh, made it, made it back to Michigan well, we were investigating the mausoleum and we were asking the girls, what's it like to have both wives buried in the mausoleum? And I was, uh, we had our empath and her son with us. And um, I turned around to talk to her son about something. And on the camera, you saw two perfect white little eyes appear about three foot off the ground inside mausoleum. They blinked twice and faded out. My God. And everybody's like, oh, that's that's obviously fake. And it's like, you've seen what kind of what kind of machinery I had to work with here. You wouldn't say that. I do all of my filming, all of my editing, all of my producing, and all of my uploading on my phone. Yeah. And I don't have, I, I don't have a Galaxy or an iPhone or something like that. I have a five-year-old um, 
LG stylo. <laughs> it was outdated. It was wow. outdated when we wow. bought it. Wow, it was literally outdated when we bought it. And I swear to God, if I ever get if I ever get good donations, I'm going to get like a Galaxy Note or something that's got a better camera, better storage, all that. But you know, this this when I bought this phone, my wife bought the new model the same day. This was yeah. already outdated when I bought it. But yeah, I got those two perfect little white eyes in that mausoleum. Wow. And that's the best evidence I ever got. We wow. also we've also got a lot of growls, uh, those mm. deep guttural gla- growls and stuff like that. And do, you, it, it, do you think it? But like I said, I'm a glutton spirit? for punishment. Do you uh, think no. it was a normal spirit, or do you think it was something well? Black. No, there was there was Something definitely a, a lot of negative contact. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just a very very dark place. That's that sounds terrifying, it's, it's a, doesn't it? Okay, imagine seeing something like that in the dark. Imagine go something that no, something you see two eyes. Imagine being there. Um, imagine <laughs> being there and not seeing this until you go home to edit. So it was watching you. Oh, it's being like somebody's watching me. (laughs) That's exactly how it felt. I'm sitting here and I'm editing and I'm like, wait, what the hell? And I backed it up and played it through again. I said, wait, what the hell? I backed it up and played it through again. And I'm like, what the hell? Wow. We'll need to have you back one night and play that. Oh, yes. Because I'm going to be watching that. I think I've actually seen that. Your clip actually that I think because something's just coming back. I can remember that, and it's actually quite scary. Actually, thinking about something like, are you doing anything for Halloween? True. <clears throat> when I'm not out doing investigations, I'm always trying to put some kind of historic mystery or something. If we just recently changed the channel up, I, when I started in 2017 or yeah. 2019, um, we were a history channel. Yes. And then in uh, February of 2019, we started to para, paranormal. I, I refer to it as parahistorical. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I registered the name parahistorical because we won't just go out and investigate paranormal. There has to be some kind of a historical backing to it. Yeah. And it's slowly moved to the point where um, Living History Comes Alive became Living History's Mysteries because what is the paranormal besides an echo of history? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So I just I changed the name from Living History Comes Alive to Living History's Mysteries, and it's we we're catching. I'm just waiting to catch on. I want to be the next big television paranormal show. Well, if there's anybody watching out there and listening to this, guys, you know, contact me and I'll put you in contact with Drew. From living history and mystics, you know. So, where's your next investigation? What, what you got to be doing? Uh, 
we like uh, well like I said a little bit ago I don't have we don't have one set yet we've got like four or five we're looking at um there is um prospect uh, prospect hill in Pawpaw, michigan mm-hmm. that one has a lot of myth and legend to it uh shadow figures crying and screaming at night uh, amongst the stones um physical contact handprints on cars um but you got to get really, really uh, express permission from local law enforcement and stuff because yeah. Um, yeah. there's a lot of homeless people that yeah. inhabit the woods around the cemetery, and they don't want anybody going in there and getting robbed or killed or something like that. So they, they have a tendency of not wanting you to be in there very late. The last time we went there, they wanted us, uh, they, 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 they let us stay till 11 o'clock. But they would just out by then. We had law enforcement drive through a couple times and make sure we were okay. And, yeah. Um, I'll, that that that's something I can't express enough with people who go out and do paranormal investigating is always go through the proper channels. Mm-hmm. When you're going to do an investigation, get a hold of the town, get a hold of the town police, get a hold of the county sheriff, get a hold of the state if you have to, state police. And just let them know. Sometimes you don't even got to ask permission. You just got to say, hey, I want to go to such and such cemetery. There's a lot of myth and urban legend about that place. Uh, We're going to go in there at 7 o'clock at night. We're planning on staying till 10 or 11, you know. And they'll say, okay, just be careful. And, you know, they'll cruise through, make sure you're alive and, uh, safety first. Besides that, you don't yeah. want a trespassing charge on you. That's very true, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, graveyards, are deep. I don't know what it's like in America. I know in Britain, some in Scotland, some of the graveyards don't get closed at night. They're open at 24 hours, 24-7. Do they actually get closed in the United mm-hmm. States? As I've tried to some tell you, do, some, some don't. A lot of the ones here yeah, do. Some- uh, uh, around here, some do, some don't. There's been, you know, there's a lot of problems, and maybe it's the upbringing, maybe it's the nationality and the way the parents bring their kids. But around here in America, we have a lot of problem with kids getting very, very bored, and they'll go in, they'll party and drink, or they'll they'll damage headstones. Or I just watched a video yesterday of a little girl that was suffering from depression, 15 years old, killed herself, and her parents started a GoFundMe account to put a gravestone up for her. And somebody less than a week after she was buried drove in there and and ran over her gravestone. Oh, what the fuck? That's just terrible. It's like, why? She killed herself because people treated her bad, so even in death, you're going to treat her bad? That's just that's disgusting. They they never found out who did it, but the family. Did we just lose him? We just lost your volume. We can't hear you. Uh, I think he just, Drew. I think something got disconnected on your end. Kind of sounds like you got a loose connection somewhere. It's quite strange how that actually happened. As it was telling that story, though. 
Yeah, I'm hoping it's just coincidence, because like I said, it just sounds like his uh, headphone or something got unplugged. No, I think it's something different. I think... Uh... No, that's what it sounded... He had that little bit of a static, kind of like some sound was coming through, but it wasn't yeah. holding. Oh, I think he's back. Oh. Can, can you hear me now? Yeah, I now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, imagine, imagine damaging a stone like that. That's just... I can't. Have, I, I've known the people going into graveyards and playing the spirit board, and I'm totally against. Oh them. yeah, especially mm-hmm. young kids. I've seen it. I've seen them. I've seen them playing it. And push your thoughts on the spirit board, Drew. What is your thoughts on the spirit board? Do you ever, you ever play? You ever played with The way I look at it, I. I, I, I'm, I've never felt good about Ouija boards. Yeah. My, my mom had a very bad experience with a Ouija board when she was like 17 years old. Yeah. Um, her and one of her sisters and some friends got together in an old house. Um, and, uh, they were playing with it. And this house was sold. It didn't have electricity. It had the old torch lights on the wall. Oh, right, right. Oh. And my mom to this day, 77 years old, will swear 60 years ago they were in there playing with that Ouija board and those lights started flaming up around the wall. <laughs> they ran, she said they ran out of that place and during the night the house burnt down. That's, that's, I mean, so Ouija, Ouija boards, I've got a problem with. Now, a spirit board, depending upon whether that spirit board was made by an individual or it was made in like mass production. Mm-hmm. If it if it was if it was made by an individual, and I know that person's intent and where their heart is, I have no problem with it. Especially, uh, uh, what do you what do you call them when you when you use a uh, uh, a crystal to scry with it? Dowsing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That don't bother me. I mean, that's a very simple yes, no, right, left. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ouija boards. Uh, yeah, Ouija boards are a big uh, big no no with me on investigations. I. I bring enough bad shit out. I, I don't need their help doing that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've it's never, I've seen people playing them, and I would never ever play one. I, you couldn't pay me enough to play one. I know because if you don't sh- shut it down correctly, and you leave a door open, anything can come through. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what I tried to tell somebody one day because they were going to date and I says to them, I says, listen, I says, I but I was, they were, they were adamant, they were dead a couple of nights before they were playing with it and they were adamant they were talking to their grandmother, right? And I says, listen, it says, doesn't matter, evil demons and stuff like that, they know everything you know, right? And you need to be very careful. Do you know that that house, to this day, is very haunted and I think it's because of what that person was doing. Never used to be. So. Wow. So, Dakota, would you like to ask Drew a question? Well, yes, now you finally let me talk. Sheesh. I know. Tell me. 
<laughs> so what was it that got you into this stuff in the first place? Oh, oh, Dakota. Oh, Dakota. Um, <laughs> well, when I was 12, so about 1983, um, we moved into a house out in the country. And this house was originally a one-room log cabin just back, just after the Civil War. And the, uh, the, uh, there was an old man that lived there, and his kids lived about 12 miles away in the nearest town. And one day, they, uh, they came out there and they said, Hey, Pop, no winter's coming. It's supposed to be bad. Why don't you come back in town with the state of winter and we'll bring back out here in the spring. Yeah. And he said, you know, me and mom built this place. We're going to stay here and, or me and the dog are going to stay here. We'll be okay. Well, five months went by. They didn't see him. Uh, winter was terrible. It was freezing and they wound up going out there in early April and found him dead in the house, and his yeah. dog laid across his lap. Well, as time rolled on, the beginning of the 20th century, they built on, they, they enclosed the cabin inside of modern walls. They built what would become my mom and dad's bedroom, and what would become the dining room, and turned it into a three-room house. Yeah. And... Uh, Along about 1915, uh, I guess a, a young girl lived there, and uh, she got jilted by her. She found out that her, her fiancé was sleeping around, yeah. and she went out in the barn and hung herself. Oh, yeah. right. There's two deaths. Along about 1950 and four rooms later, um, same thing occurred again. Little girl found out that she was their fiance had been unfaithful to her, and she hung herself from the staircase railing. Right. And when we moved in there in 1983, it was a nine-room house, and I found out about all this about a week after we moved in. My sister and I kept hearing things going up and down the staircase at night. And we asked our bus driver, who was the daughter to the people that owned the property, and she told us the story of it. So I kind of grew up around it. And, you know, I've I've always had that interest. And it it just, it, it as I grew older, I'm 53 years old now, it's just, yes. it's manifested in me, it's grown and now that I'm old enough to do something and go out and, and and research it and check into it and investigate it, it's just really just, I mean, it's, and I've lived in haunted places. I, I've lived in an old road house. It was a, it was a, it was a modern house, but back in the uh, bygone days it was an old road house, a stagecoach stop for people to stop along the way between two major cities. And, uh, uh, people stopped in there one time. They killed the shopkeep, the, the, the owner. 
and still to this day inhabits the place. They actually build an apartment on the back of the house. He'd crop up once a month, flip on a light, turn on a faucet. Hey, I'm home. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much all it was with Charlie. He'd 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 flip on the bathroom light or yeah. start a faucet to trickling or something, and he'd be like, "Okay, I know you're here, Charlie. I'm glad you came back." And you wouldn't hear anything from him for a month, and all of a sudden, light would pop on, faucet would yeah. trickle again. See the, see the first place you went to, the first place you were talking about there, did you ever go back? The, the house? Yes, did you ever go back? That house was the last place my grandfather worked on before he died. Right. And when we remodeled it. And um, I went out there about 10 years ago and they had bulldozed the house and the barns and everything. And it broke my heart. I mean, like I said, that was the last place my grandfather worked on. He used to build houses and stuff. But the funny thing about it is to this day, when the, when the fields are all plowed and, and everything, that that acre of land where the house and the barn and everything sat is lighter than the field around it. Oh, really? Maybe it's maybe. Was there any ever any history like Indian burial grounds or anything in that area? Did they with that? Not that we know of. No. Not that we know of. That is so strange. I mean, it's possible. That's that's it's a mystery, isn't it? I mean, it's. it's it's the most beautiful thing you ever saw because when you're when you're driving up the road, the first thing you do is you're overcome with this grief and you you start to cry knowing your own personal family history with the place. But then when you drive up there, you see this great big rectangle of light tan with dark brown all around it, and it's like, huh? That's <laughs> they're still making themselves known. Yeah, it's it's quite strange that there's nothing growing there anymore I mean that's that's just so mm -hmm. that's actually quite that's true when you go to court sorry what was that? No, no I was just agreeing with what I was saying that is a interesting story to hear it's it's actually very interesting I'd like to see that I'd like to see something like that I mean I know houses um, build those down because of things we are supposed to go back down there in November for Thanksgiving we're supposed to go down to my sister's place, which is only about nine miles from there. I will see if when we drive down, I can get my wife to go past the house and I'll try to take a picture of the, since the crops are down now, uh, I will try to get my, I'll try to get a picture of that area to see if it shows up on film, that big lighter light rectangle. Yeah. That did really, really good. But my God, look at that. And now it is nearly. Honest, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's amazing how it's amazing how quick things go in, you know. Um, and listen, everybody, you'll be able to find this uploaded to where is it again? Oh, uh, your lovely host here. We'll find it on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, 
Spotify. We're we're always expanding. We're trying to reach even more avenues, more streams. I know someone suggested earlier that we should be doing it on Facebook. Uh, We'll post a rerun on there, but we're also looking into getting some funding to show when we make it to where we can hit even more channels, do it it live, so that way you all can hop on with us. I'm posting a link in the chat right now. Of all the spots, you can find this show, plus nice little goodies from me and him as well. Yeah, yeah. And I would like to thank Drew. Thank you for coming on. And everybody, please check out his channel, because it is a brilliant channel. I watch it all the time, because I love the Civil War stuff, and I love the stuff that you do. Because we need more people like you to keep history alive. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I enjoy doing. Yeah, it's really, really good, really good. Dakota, would you like to tell them about the show this Wednesday with our special guest? Ah, uh, yes. This Wednesday, we have another episode of Contact. Our dear friend Asher's is coming on to talk about some of her experiences. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can start swapping it information based on what my friend Chris Mule and I have been working on. It's yes. definitely going to be a good show. Yeah. And then we have the Saturday night, next Saturday night live, and that will be the is that the Halloween special, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes, our Halloween special, basically open panel. People can come on, share some <laughs> stories. I, th- I think we're, well, we have a couple spots still open, so if Drew wants to come join us, more than welcome. I just might. Yes, come and join us and share some ghostly tales of ghouls and goblins. Well, everybody, thank you for watching. Remember, subscribe and check those radio stations out. And please give us a subscribe on them because it helps the channel grow. Mm-hmm. And I'll catch you all later. Bye-bye, guys. See you later, everyone. Stay safe. Bye-bye.